BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Teachers from the Fresno Unified School District, California's third largest public school system, have voted to strike. It's the first strike authorization by Fresno Unified teachers in more than 40 years. Here's KVPR's Carrie Klein with more. Fresno's 4,000 teachers want smaller class sizes, salary raises that keep up with inflation, better health benefits, and smaller special education caseloads. According to the Fresno Teachers Association, more than 93% of teachers voted for the strike. The vote capped off more than 18 months of contract negotiations. In a statement, the school district said it has met many of the teachers' demands, including competitive raises, creating 100 new classrooms, and expanding health care coverage. The walkout is set to begin November 1st. The school district plans to bring on thousands of substitute teachers and even place school administrators in classrooms. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. The Department of Motor Vehicles has suspended permits that allowed robo-taxi company crews to operate in San Francisco. That comes after an incident earlier this month in which one of the company's fully driverless vehicles hit and dragged a pedestrian. From San Francisco, KQED's Dan Brecky reports. On October 2nd, a cruise autonomous taxi in downtown San Francisco ran over a pedestrian who had already been struck by a hit-and-run driver. The cruise vehicle stopped after its initial collision, but then tried to pull to the curb, dragging the victim for about 20 feet. The DMV says the robot car's performance raises serious questions about the safety of Cruz's so-called autonomous driver, questions that need to be addressed before the company can operate again. The DMV also faulted Cruz for failing to immediately share full details of the collision, including video that showed the victims dragging. In a statement, Cruz said it had cooperated with the DMV investigation and continues to do so. It added that its thoughts are with a crash victim, who suffered serious injuries. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. The autonomous car company Waymo is still allowed to operate its cars on the streets of San Francisco. Meanwhile, here in Southern California, the Teamsters Union is pushing back against the rollout of autonomous taxis in Los Angeles County. Teamster members gathered outside of Google's offices in Venice yesterday, calling out what they say is dangerous technology. Google's parent company, Alphabet, owns Waymo. L.A. City Council member Hugo Soto Martinez is calling for new regulations on autonomous vehicles in the region. Waymo rolled out its first robo-taxis earlier this month in L.A. County. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. When Los Angeles area landlords want to evict their tenants, they often hire attorney Dennis Block. Block's law firm has boasted about evicting more tenants than anyone else on earth. But in a new investigation, LAist reporter David Wagner found a judge ruled that Block's firm recently submitted fake cases in court, and artificial intelligence might be playing a role. At first glance, the filing looks credible. It's properly formatted. It has Block's signature. Cases are cited to argue for evicting the tenant. But on closer inspection, L.A. County Superior Court Judge Ian Fusselman noticed two cases were completely fake, and others had nothing to do with eviction law. In a May court hearing to sanction Block's firm, one of Block's lawyers, John Greenwood, told the judge, Uh, I have to say there was a terrible failure in our office. The judge wasn't satisfied. He pressed Greenwood for answers on where these fictitious cases came from. This was an entire body of law that was fabricated, so... It's difficult to understand how that happened. The attorney from Block's firm said the filing was prepared by a first-year lawyer. She said she did online research that had this information in it, and then she didn't check it. That lawyer no longer works for Block's firm, and she declined our interview requests. Block never showed up in court to explain the errors. The judge sanctioned Block's firm, and the hearing came to a close. Apologize, Your Honor. It'll never happen again. All right. I appreciate that. The court did not get to the bottom of how exactly this filing was created. Six different legal experts told Elias they could think of a likely explanation, misuse of a generative AI program. I think it's virtually certain that the lawyer involved used some kind of artificial intelligence program to draft the brief that was filed. That's UCLA law professor Russell Korobkin. Fake information is a known problem with generative AI programs like ChatGPT. USC law professor Jonathan Choi says they produce documents that seem convincing, but sometimes have no basis in reality. This filing has the usual hallmarks of what's known as a hallucination. Earlier this year, a New York lawyer admitted to using ChatGPT in a similar brief containing made-up cases. UC Irvine law professor Ari Waldman says these tools, if left unchecked, could lead to unjust evictions and increased homelessness. Someone is going to be thrown out on the street because a lawyer couldn't bother doing research on their own. If that's where our legal system is heading, we're all in trouble. Block did not agree to an interview for this story. In an email, he wrote he cannot discuss matters that are confidential. 
Daniel Yukelson with the Apartment Association of Greater L.A. says Block has a solid reputation in local landlord circles. He is a very aggressive attorney, and he is a real strong advocate for people that own rental housing. Tenant lawyers say they frequently see aggressive, even underhanded tactics by attorneys representing landlords. Javier Beltran is with the L.A.-based Housing Rights Center. He says most tenants can't afford an attorney, and that creates an imbalance that favors landlords. The system does favor the idea of just kind of moving these cases along as quickly as possible. We don't know if Block's firm will face further discipline over the fabricated cases in its court filing. That's because state bar investigations are confidential. The judge ordered Block's firm to pay $999 to the opposing counsel. That's $1 below the threshold requiring attorneys to report violations to the state bar for further investigation. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. And Marketplace reporter Matt Levin contributed to that story. And that is this edition of the California Report for Wednesday, October 25th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 